Thanks for tuning in for this week's message from Lift Church in Anchorage, Alaska. We hope that you'll be challenged to grow in faith by the message and take action to make it hard to be far from God. You can find message notes in the YouVersion Bible app in the events section. Just search Lift Church AK. For more info about Lift Church and how you can get in touch, visit our website at www.liftchurchak.com. Now, let's join in with this week's message. Oh man, well if you haven't figured it out, like we said, it's Star Wars night. Uh, we're going to look at the movie Rogue One tonight, and we've got several clips uh, from the movie. And thanks for joining us on Facebook Live. We love you guys here in Anchorage at Lift Church. But I do got to give you a disclaimer that because of the copyright laws and some of the things that are going on, we have to mute the audio uh, for when we play the clips. So you're not going to hear them. You can still see them a little bit, uh, but you, you won't be able to hear it. You'll be able to hear it in the podcast on Monday. We'll upload the podcast to our website. So if you want to catch the context of that, so I'm sorry about that live streamers, but it's better if you're here live with us anyways. Uh, So there you go. Star Wars, Rogue One, at the movies. Next week, no, I'm not going to tell you what's next week. You got to come find out for yourself. Next week, we've got another awesome thing. I will give you this one hint. It's going to be Disney week. Disney week. Okay. Uh, The story is Rogue Rogue One, and we'll we'll just jump in. The story is Rogue One, and it's all centered around this uh, character, the central character. How many of you guys have seen Rogue One, the Star Wars? Okay. Yup, several. Good, 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 good. Uh, You understand, you know that it's centered around this young lady named Jen Erso. And Jin is the main character in in, in Rogue One in Star Wars, and uh, she has had a rough life. She is, uh, she's gone through some stuff. When she was very young, her parents were taken from her. Her father was actually kidnapped. And if you understand the Star Wars trilogy, uh, he, her father is the guy that built the Death Star. Right? And so the, the, the Empire comes, the bad guys come, and to the little, uh, the little planet that the, the Urso family is living on, they come because they want the father to come finish this project. He's the only one that has the knowledge and the know-how to be able to finish this project. So they've come to their, the, the little planet that they live on. It's just uh, uh, the, the parents and Jin. And uh, when they land, they put Jen, they send her off across the, the plane so that she can run away, that she can get away. The mom comes running back to save her husband, to talk to him in this. And, and through this altercation, Jen, was, while she's watching, the Empire shoots her mom and kills her. She loses her mom right on the spot, and they take her dad. She runs away and hides. She's picked up and found by one of her dad's friends, a guy uh, that, that raises her as an orphan. Obviously, she's an orphan, so he comes and finds her, picks her up, raises her. But in the course of, of him being a, one of the rebels, he decides that instead of staying with her and continuing to raise her and be there for her as an orphan, he leaves her to go off on a mission. So she's abandoned. She's dealt with the death of a, per, uh, dealt with the death of a parent, felt abandoned because the father left her. The person that she had trust in and had been raised with left her high and dry so that he could go on his own personal mission and take care of what he was, uh, what, what he was trying to do and accomplish. And now Jin is all alone. She finds herself, uh, as, as, as orphans awfully, often do, out on her own. She is racking up a rap sheet that rivals no one. 
and, and this first scene that I want to show you, we kind of pick up with her. This is our first introduction into Jin's life. Uh, the, the, the rebels, which is actually the good guys, right, have, 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 have caught her. And uh, this is our, our first look into her life. They, they tell a little bit of her crimes and, and what she's done. And she's all done it under an alias to protect herself. But when we find uh, Jen here, uh, she's being recruited because they found out her real identity. So she's being recruited for her relationship with her bad. Go, go ahead and check out. Here's, here's scene one from uh, Rogue One for us tonight. Possession of unsanctioned weapons, forgery of imperial documents, aggravated assault, escape from custody, resisting arrest. Imagine if the imperial authorities had found out who you really were, Jin Erso. That is your given name, is it not? Jin Erso, daughter of Galen Erso, a known imperial collaborator in weapons development. What is this? It's a chance for you to make a fresh start. We think you might be able to help us. This is Captain Cassian Andor, Rebel Intelligence. When was the last time you were in contact with your father? Fifteen years ago. Any idea where he's been all that time? I like to think he's dead. Makes things easier. Easier than what? That he's been a tool of the Imperial War Machine? You've never had the luxury of political opinions. Can you hear the pain in that statement? I like to think he's dead. It makes it easier. Can you hear the pain in that statement? When we, we catch up with Jin here, she, she has a big problem in her life. I, I think it's actually a problem, uh, while, while she is a fictional character, I think it's a very, very real problem that we all struggle with, that we all have to fight through and figure out how to get through. And that one problem that plagues us all is just hopelessness. Jin has found herself in a hopeless situation. Abandoned, hurt, feels like nobody's there for her, arrested, like everybody, she, nobody seems to want her, nobody seems to be able to be stable in her life, and she's lost all hope. When, when, the, when the Republic come, or the rebels come and say, hey, we want, we've got something for you, we think you can help us, here's a fresh start. That's what they said, here's a fresh start. Here's an opportunity to start over. Here's something that will help you along in life. Her reaction is, no thanks. Not interested. I'll just do my own thing because of hopelessness. Hope, this is in your notes if you've got the Uversion app, and we'll put it on the screen if you want to write, if you like to write notes and, and take those down. I think there's several moments that tonight would be something that we could learn that if you wanted to write it down, it may help you out as you navigate uh, different seasons of your life. But I, I wrote this, this is in your notes. Hope is a feeling of expectation or a desire for things to get better. Right? Hope, the Bible says, is the evidence of things unseen. Right? So when we have hope, when hope is high, we can take on anything. We can have confidence. We have excitement. When there's hope in our life, there's, there's opportunity. But when there's hopelessness, it presents itself often in, de in despair. You can tell when somebody's found, found a hopeless situation. It often comes with depression and 
He comes with mopey and, and it's down and there just always feels like there's no hope. And that's exactly where, where Jin is. Hopelessness is, an event, is, is evident when people find themselves in problems that they can't solve by themselves. The, the Bible actually talks about this a little bit. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19, it says this. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. See, see, the hope that we have as, as Christians, the hope that we have as, as followers of Christ, it actually does something for us spiritually. It anchors us to be firm and secure. That's what, that's what hope, hope is for us when we look at it from a biblical sense. Hope keeps us right where we need to be in God's hands. That's not where Jen is as we look back towards the movie. She is an absolute mess her life is at an all-time low. She, she's grown up in a world that is broken and falling apart. Sound familiar? To, to, to live in a world that's broken and falling apart. To live in a world where evil is so prevalent that the powers that be are literally trying to build weapons to blow things up. We can't relate to that at all, can we? <laughs> Maybe Star Wars was ahead of its time. <laughs> Whenever she tries to get ahead, she finds herself beaten down. Every scheme she cooks up, she finds another arrest. She finds another bad decision. It just goes on and on until she finds this uh, place where she is completely hopeless and has no future. Even though the, they've offered her a fresh start, she's not interested in taking it. And this kind of brings us to our first point. And I would just, I would just write this down. If, if, if this, I really believe this could help you. But I think this, number one, is we lose hope when we focus on our past. We lose hope when we focus on our past. See, Jen was really pessimistic about the opportunity and change because all her life she was let down and disappointed and she only viewed future opportunities through the lens of past failures. And hope, we lose hope when we focus on the past. And I just wonder, as we all are sitting here, maybe you're watching online, I just, I just wonder how many, how many of us are actually doing that to ourselves right now? We lose hope in having a great marriage or good relationships because we've been so hurt by others in the past. I don't have any hope that I'll ever find the right person for me. I don't have any hope that every, every relationship I've ever been in, it's always failed. Everybody's always hurt me. Everybody's always let me down. I have no hope for that. Or I have no hope that I'm going to actually find a fulfilling job. Every job I've ever had, I've always worked for a jerk. There must not be any good jobs out there. I just got to make it through. I just got to figure out how to make a living. And then we, we lose complete hope because of all the bad and past terrible situations. I love this one. I heard, I've heard this one a couple of times recently. I just don't know if there's any good churches out there. I've been hurt by leadership. I've been hurt by, by people. I've been hurt by that. I, I just don't know that I could ever find a good place to connect with the body of people. I don't know that I can ever find that. Everything's all the same. And, and, it's all, and we, we just continue to look, view the future opportunities through our past lenses. And it creates this gap from where we want to be, from where we actually are. And I believe that gap is called hopelessness. But for Christians, it doesn't have to be that way. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, how many of you tonight are in Christ? That was weak. Okay. <laughs> Jesus, help us be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anyone in Christ? Yes. All right. There we go. There we go. You're with me now. 
He, check this out, he is a new creation. He or she, we don't want to leave out the ladies, but you understand what the scripture is saying. He's, she is a new creation. Watch this. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. In order to fight hopelessness, in order to overcome hopelessness, we have to understand that when we give ourselves to Christ, when we find ourselves walking in Christ, the old is gone. He brings something new, and when something new happens in our lives, it brings hope, right? How many of you guys have ever woke up on Christmas morning? And the, the Christmas tree lights are twinkling, and you wake up, especially if you're a kid, and you wake up and you look, and like in our house, we can't put our Christmas presents out under the tree any, for any amount of days before Christmas, because if we do, they all get shook, shook and retaped and looked at. So, so, so you look at our Christmas tree on the 23rd, and it looks like we're not having Christmas. Because if we don't wait until the night of the 24th to put things out, I, I have like, they're two little raccoons, they just pillage everything. <laughs> But when you wake up on Christmas morning and the Christmas lights are twinkling and there's packages under the tree, what happens when you see something new under there? Oh, it brings hope. It brings a moment of, of excitement. It brings a, a level of energy. You just can't wait. You're looking forward to what's going to happen next because with hope comes energy because with hope comes this amazing uh, projection to go forward. And that's why it's so important as, as followers of Christ, we get to the point where we realize that the old is gone. We can be excited about future opportunities because of the hope that God has given to us because he's making things new. It gives me so much excitement to follow Jesus every single day because I knew I know that I'm going to meet new opportunities with new, uh, new exciting things to do each and every day. Understanding this idea of hope and becoming new changes everything. And here, here's why everything is different. I love this. You, you might want to write this one down. God has never consulted your past to determine your future. Never. I can't find it anywhere in the Bible. I can't find it anywhere in Scripture where God says, yep, yeah, because of this past, now you have to be this in the future. He doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't consult our past, and he doesn't make what happened in the past determine what's going to happen in the future. And this is right back to the movie. This is where we find Jen. She's captured by the rebels, given this opportunity to move forward, called a fresh start. We, we, we need to do the same. We need to find that fresh start. We need to find that mission, that hope, that excitement. And Jim finds herself reluctantly saying yes to, to moving forward in despite of her broken past due to time. We have to skip way ahead in the movie. We can't spend much more time. So, so here she is. She's found herself in, in, in this uh, reluctantly saying yes. She's joined the, the rebels. She's trying to figure out who, how to get in contact with her dad, how to, how to do this stuff. They come up with a plan, and uh, they go through, uh, even, though, even through all her brokenness and all this stuff, she finds out what she's been. And she finds out this thing that I think we all need to realize about ourselves, and it's simply this. Who we've been doesn't have to determine who we will become. Who we've been doesn't have to determine who we will become. So she comes face to face with another issue after she realizes that her past wasn't maybe exactly all she thought it was. And she comes face to face with another problem that she has to deal with. This is scene two. Uh, she, she comes face to face with her father via hologramic technology, which is absolutely amazing. But I love this scene. Check this out.
If you are watching this, then perhaps there's a chance to save the Alliance. Perhaps there's a chance to explain myself. Though I don't dare hope for too much, a chance to Jen, if she's alive, if you can possibly find her, to let her know that my love for her has never faded. And I'll desperately have missed her. Jen, my stardust. I can't imagine what you think of me. When I was taken, I faced some bitter truths. I was told that soon enough Krennic would have you as well. As time went by, I knew that you were either dead or so well hidden that he would never find you. I knew if I refused to work, if I took my own life, it would only be a matter of time before Krennic realized he no longer needed me to complete the project. So I did the one thing nobody expected. I lied. I learned to lie. I played the part of a beaten man resigned to the sanctuary of his work. I made myself indispensable, and all the while, I laid the groundwork of my revenge. We call it the Death Star. There is no better name, and the day is coming soon when it will be unleashed. I've placed a weakness deep within the system, a flaw so small and powerful they will never find it. But Jen, Jen, if you're listening, my beloved, so much of my life has been wasted. I try to think of you, only in the moments when I'm strong because of the pain of not having you with me. Your mother. Our family. The pain of that loss is so overwhelming, I risk failing even now. It's just so hard not to think of you. Think of where you are. My stardust. Here we get it. Here we get a glimpse into a, another aspect of Jim's life. That the fact is that every relation, every relationship, as we pointed out in her life to this point, has failed. It's let her down. She's been taken advantage of. She's been hurt. Her father's taken away by the Empire. Mother killed. Saw the man who raised her as an orphan, left behind to go on a mission. And I think for most of us, it's easy to feel this way. But often we can feel abandoned. We can feel hurt because. People don't do what we think they should do or how they think we should do it, which kind of leads us to point number two, if you want to write this down. We lose hope when people let us down. We lose hope when people let us down. When somebody says, hey, I'm going to call you on next Thursday, and you wait for the call, and they don't call, it doesn't feel good. When people say they'll show up, but they never do. When they say they'll do something, but they don't do it. We just lose hope when people let us down. And it's easy to become just like Jin. Because we can look around and see all the people that have disappointed you and hurt you. And this can cause us to just lose hope in humanity. Why would I want to talk to anybody else? Why would I try to make another friend? Why would I do this? Because everybody is just going to let me down and it's going to hurt me. It's easy to lose hope, to be bitter, to be angry, to be upset, to be frustrated with people. But listen to what the Bible tells us. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, it says this. Hope delayed makes the heart sick, but, the desi but desi desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Have you met people like this that just have figured out how to defer hope out of their life? It's sick. It's, it's like a sickness. It's a, it's, a mental, it's a mental sickness. They become angry. They become so angry when, when people talk and say things and they just, they're, they're skeptical and well, that's, they'll never do that. They, they, they say that, they overpromise. They, they, this, it's, it's, it, it hurts, it's pain. They become bitter. 
Because, you know, we, we get into things and we, business deals go bad. Or uh, I, I actually heard this one just uh, a couple of days ago. Somebody was telling me about their job situation and a coworker stole their promotion. Why should I try? Why should I care about them? Why should I? What? They, they stabbed me in the back. I told them something and they used it to, find the, to get to the promotion. Relative cheated them out of an inheritance. Parents didn't spend time, didn't take enough time with you. But there's so many ways you can feel abandoned, so many ways you can feel let down by people. But when we can get to that place when people let us down, that we walk around like Jen, just bitter and angry and not trusting anyone. So I want to help you. I want to give you a couple of I will statements, all right? I learned, learned, learned this, uh, learned, learned the power of these, of these statements. This is so, so, so amazing. I will statements. Are you ready for this? You might want to write these down. I will give grace. I will give people grace. I will give people grace because there's always more to the story. I will give people grace because there's always more to the story. When we see this in, in Jen's situation, she thought that her dad just left. She felt abandoned. She felt like there was so, that, that, that she was the problem, that nobody was going to ever be there in her life. But the truth was her father left happily while she was stuck in the little cave because he actually wanted to protect her. He knew that if he didn't go, as he was explaining in that, he knew that if he didn't go, if he didn't do what they asked, it was only a matter of time that they tracked down every family member and used them against him to get what they wanted. She didn't have the whole story. I will give people grace because there's always more to the story. He was actually saving her life. When we jump to conclusions instead of having grace, we most often push ourselves away from people and end up losing hope. Let me say that again. When we jump to conclusions, instead of having grace for people, we most often push people away from ourselves and end up losing hope. So we'll wake up in the morning and say, you know what? Today I will have grace for people because there's always more to the story than what we see. Always. There's always another side of the story. This, this key to giving grace, the Bible tells us, Luke chapter 6, verse 36, it says, Be merciful. Just as your father is also merciful because you've been given mercy and grace. It's not like something you have to fester up, but it's something that you let flow through you. Be merciful just as your father is also also is merciful. Grace is given to you. So we show it to other people. We give it to us, to others. Isn't it interesting that we judge ourselves by our own intentions, but we judge other people by their actions. Always find that interesting. Here's another I will statement. I will trust God fully. Here's why. Because he will never let me down. I will trust God fully because he will never let me down. When you put your trust in people and situations and things, we've set ourselves up for failure. We've set ourselves up to be hurt. We set ourselves up to have unmet, unrealistic expectations. But on the other hand, God will always exceed our expectations. I love the scripture, Revelations chapter 21, verse 5. It says this, the one seated on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. He also said, right, because these words are faithful and true. God's words are faithful and true. Write them down. Take them to the bank. If I could have the creative liberty, if I could just rewrite this a little bit. Take it to the bank. What God says will happen. What God says, he is always 
faithful and true. I looked up this word truth and um, to understand uh, trust and, and truth, and, and, and I found out they're very similar words. But this word trust, because we say we will trust God because, the, because he will never let us down. This word trust in the Greek, the Greek and the Hebrews, they're really interesting in their definitions. They oftentimes don't write like a, a definition like we look in the, in the dictionary. They almost always tie a word to a story or a picture. So that they get a greater understanding than just like adjective and three syllables. Like their definitions go so much deeper. The, uh, the, the Greek word for trust is batak. I know I don't say that right. Batak. Which is the same word. It's the picture of a baby sleeping peacefully in his parents' arms. In their parents' arms. Catch that. Trust. For the Greek word for trust, it's the idea of a baby sleeping peacefully in their parents' arms. So when we say, I will trust God, we find ourselves in that, child, in that ch uh, child's position completely handled, completely embraced, completely safe, feeling resting asleep. Isn't it, isn't it amazing to watch a little infant baby sleep in their parents' arms? I, I was actually at a meeting the other day, and uh, it was with a mom, and, and she had her baby, and her baby was in a little sling, and uh, it was just sleeping, just sprawled out, not a care in the world, just sleeping, eyes closed, so peaceful, breathing, you could see the rhythm of the breathing, that was just a beautiful, beautiful thing, and that is what it means to actually trust in God, to be able to put your head down, not have to fight and kick and worry and scream and, 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 and try to figure it all out on your own, but to completely be in a place where you can lay your head down, close your eyes, and rest knowing that the Father has you protected, has it under control. Your Father will take care of you. God is that person, is that, that person of care. So here we go, back to the movie, kind of backtrack here. I got a gargery. Jin has lost hope because of her past, because of people. We see point one, he, because of her past, she lost hope because of past, she lost hope because of people. But then we get to this place where Jin's ready to move forward. Now she gets excited. She begins to see what could be in her life, fast forwarding through the movie. She's ready to do what it takes to find the key to destroy the Death Star, to destroy her dad's uh, project based on the information that she just received out of that message. So check out what happens next. This is our next scene. My father gave his life so that we may have a chance to defeat this. So you've told us. If the Empire has this kind of power, what chance do we have? What chance do we have? The question is what choice? Run, hide, plead for mercy, scatter your forces. You give way to an enemy this evil with this much power and you condemn the galaxy to an eternity of submission. The time to fight is now. Yes. Every moment you waste is another step closer to the ashes of Jeddah. Just let the girl speak. Send your best troops to Scarif. Send the rebel fleet if you have to. You need to capture the Death Star plans if there's any hope of destroying it. You're asking us to invade an Imperial installation based on nothing but hope. Rebellions are built on hope.
happened there? Did you, did you did you catch did you catch that? So here she are. Now now she now she's getting fired up. She's got a vision of what could be. So she stands there and now she confronts everybody and she says, "Hey, here's what we can do. We can do this." And all of the people assembled, all of the crowd that was there decide that they want to do nothing. What can we do? They, the, the, the crowd had lost hope. The people had lost hope. What do you want us to do? You want us to invade an entire area just based on hope? I once heard a pastor say this. Listen, when we trust God, we'll be excited to charge hell with a squirt gun. You want to invade based just on hope? See, hope is this powerful tool that once you begin to hope in something, once you see the hope for a situation, it really turn, turns things around. And it, this really brings us to our third point. This is our last point. We'll close with this. We lose hope when we listen to the crowd. We lose hope when we listen to the crowd. Can I just say this? In, 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 in most instances, the crowd is almost always wrong. I don't know if you, if you follow uh, news articles and if you follow some of the things that are going on in our society today, the crowd is just almost always wrong. In fact, I, just, I saw this quote uh, based on what's happening politically in our world, but it was a quote from Mark Twain, and it's, uh, it's come up uh, quite a bit recently. Uh, but anyways, Mark Twain said this, when you find yourself on the side of the majority, it's time to pause and reflect. <laughs> When you find yourself on the side of the majority, it's time to pause and reflect. Because oftentimes the crowd is just absolutely dead wrong. Let me, let me show you this in scripture. There's a dude named Bartimaeus. You guys know the story. He was a blind guy. And uh, Jesus was coming to town. We find this story in Mark chapter 10. Uh, I'm not going to take time to read it all to you. But Mark chapter 10, this guy named Bartimaeus, he's blind. He hears that Jesus is coming. He's heard the exploits of Jesus. He knows that Jesus can heal. He knows that what he has in need of, there is a guy coming that's going to pass right by him that has the opportunity for him to receive what he needs. But guess what? There's a crowd between him and Jesus. And can I just tell you that oftentimes there will be a crowd between between you and significant change. There will be a crowd. There will be people that will try to hold you back, tell you no. Bartimaeus begins to scream as the crowd says, hey, hey, here comes Jesus. Look, he's right over there. And Bartimaeus starts to scream, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, I'm over here. And what does the crowd say? Because the crowd always tries to hold us back from significance. What does the crowd say? Shut up, dude. He's not interested. You're just a blind beggar. Shut, he's, he's got bigger things to do. You're not important. You're not worthy of him. Be quiet. But not Bartimaeus. He, shout, he begins to shout all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, I'm over here. Finally, Jesus hears the faint voice in the crowd because oftentimes the crowd will try to drown out your significance. He hears the faint voice in the crowd and he says, hey, who's that? Bring, bring him over here. And finally the crowd turns and says, oh, verse 49, Jesus stopped in uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 49. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man and said to him, have courage. Get up. He's calling you. I would say if you, if you want to write notes, take notes, I would say this. Instead of listening to the crowd, listen to your convictions. Instead of listening to the crowd, listen to your convictions. 
The crowds will leave you hopeless. The voices of people around you will leave you hopeless. If we just listen to the negativity and we only allow the inputs of our life to be narrow, narrow focused. That's why we're talking about connect groups and, and having a wider focus of influence and other voices in our, in our mind leading us and helping guide us. Because if we don't have the right inputs, it will lead us to a place of hopelessness. If our input's the news, if our input is TV, if our input is magazines and what all ever else, social media and Instagram, if we haven't figured out how to, how to, how to click the off button on our phone so that we can have face-to-face -face time and we just allow those inputs to constantly come in, it leaves us in a place of hopelessness. I don't know if you realize this or not, but you can never live up to somebody else's Instagram feed. We, we can't do it. You'll never live up. It'll always leave you hopeless if we listen to the crowds. If we listen to social issues and that stuff, it leaves us in a place. But Jen, back to the movie, Jen moves forward. She's decided that even if no one's with her, she's still going to move forward. I don't want to give the ending of this movie away. I do have one final scene for you that I, that I want you to see. But, but here's the deal. She figures it out. She rallies a small group of people, they go on a mission, they figure it out, and, uh, and uh, I, I, well, I'm not going to ruin it, but ch check out this, this final scene. Prepare the airlock, and prepare the escape pods. Your Highness, the transmission we received. What is it they've sent us? Help. need the most. This idea of, of, of having hope, this idea of how powerful hope is and what can happen when you just have a little bit of hope in your life is absolutely amazing. When you talk to people in the world and, and you find out they're hopeless and, and you just see it in everywhere that we go, we just see how hopeless things have become. Their past hurts. Their letdowns, the failures, the relationships that never happened, the, the, the people that have let them down, the, the crowds that have let them down and stifled their creativity, stifled their significance. Uh, all of those things just lead to continue hopeless, to hopelessness. And, and the, the thing is, is in real life, there really is a Death Star. You know, we, I, love, I love Star Wars and I love the movie and I love the idea that, you know, this Death Star, this, this created thing that can go around and have the power to blow up cities and, and have just this mass destruction. You know, really there's a, a, a real Death Star. And it, it takes people out every day. It frustrates me. But there's a, the, the, the Death Star of our day, it's just sin. And it takes people out. It leaves them hopeless. It destroys lives. The Bible says that there's a way that a man thinks is right, but in the end leads to death. It's the death star, this, this idea of I can just do what I want as long as it's just for me. Nobody, nobody, it doesn't matter. It takes people out and it kills people and it leaves them in a hopeless state. But there's so much better because for, for most of the world, hope is kind of like wish. It's, it's synonymous. You can interchange them. Like People will say, I hope my marriage gets better. I wish I get a raise. I, I wish I could get a raise. I wish I could do this. I, I hope that this happens. I, I wish my finances will improve. I wish I get a promotion. I, I hope they notice me. I hope in the, and, and in the world there's this, this synonymous thing of, of wishing and hope. But here's the deal. For a believer, 
For a follower of Christ, like, like the Bible said, like Jesus said, whoever is in Christ, for a believer, hope is not what we do. Hope is what we have. Hope is what we have. It's not something we do. It's not an action, but it's what we have. We have hope in Jesus. When we have hope in Jesus, we don't have to be tossed back and forth by this world. We, we've been, when we've been saved and transformed and put on a path towards heaven. See, didn't, Jen just didn't find hope for herself. When she found hope, she was able to deliver hope to all of the people. She was able to deliver something that nobody else could. And as Christians, that's our job. I'm going to end with this last verse, and we'll be out of here. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. It says this. But in your hearts, regard Christ as the Lord is holy. Regard Christ the Lord as holy, ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the, what, what is that word? Hope. Hope that is in you. Not, not, I, I think it's so, so important that it's the hope that's in you. Be, be ready to give a defense. Be ready to give an answer. Tell people why you have a hope in you. I, I think that it's interesting. Somewhere along the way, we've gotten so focused on witnessing. Be a witness. Witness, witness, witness. Do you know the Bible says that what's important for you is to be able to be ready to share your hope? That's the greatest witness you could be, is to share your hope. Share the hope that's inside of you. Because here's the thing. People might not care about your beliefs and your faith. It's, it's very difficult if you sit in a room this size that has any amount of people in it. You're going to find so many different opinions. You're going to find, when you go to work, you know, Monday or whenever you go back to work and you look across your building or your office or whatever your work scenario is, you are going to find so many different faiths, belief systems, idealistics, whatever it is. You're going to find so many different political views. You're going to find so many things. Can, can I tell you, when, when, when we're witnessing and we're trying to share our faith, very few people care about your faith. But they will crave your hope. When you show them hope, when you show them a life in a better way, the belief system follows. People need hope. They don't need you to cram your beliefs down their throat. They don't need, you to, they don't need another Facebook rant about what's morally right or morally wrong. What they need is somebody that says, I have a hope for my future. That's attractive. That's something that the world needs, and that's what we are to share with God. Listen to what it says. Be ready at any time to give a defense, to give it an answer for anyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that is in you. It's all about hope, guys. We have a hope that is, that is, a, that is bigger than anything that could ever be on this world, in this world. Maybe you're, maybe you're here tonight, and... Uh, you don't feel like your hope is your, your your life is filled with too much hope. There's a there's a hope for you. I don't say that to be funny or, or a pun, but there there's a hope for you. God God has a God has a plan for you. There's a significant mission for your life. There's a there's a hope for you. Jeremiah chapter twenty nine verse eleven. So God said, I know the plans I have for you. They're not for destruction, but they're plans to give you a future and a hope. Right? There is a hope for you. If you want to bow your heads with me as we close our time together, whether you're online, watching, wherever you're at in the world, or maybe you're here in the building with us and you go, man, my life just doesn't feel like there's very much hope right now. I just want to say, 
I believe scripture, I believe the Bible, I believe God's word. When he says that if you're in Christ, what does it mean to be Christ? The Bible talks about giving our hearts to him. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. That's what it means to be in Christ. To have that, that, that conversion moment of saying, I place my faith in God. I place my faith in Jesus to confess with my mouth and believe in my heart. That brings hope. It brings something that's new. It brings a new creation. Behold, the old things are gone. All things become new. That's what scripture says. So I just want to give you a, an opportunity tonight. Maybe you're here, you're online, and you, you, you don't have that hope. You want to have that moment where you say, I want to be in Christ. I want to see something new. I want to have a hope for my future. Would you just say this prayer with me? Everybody across this place, whether you've, you've said it uh, uh, several times or you're saying it for the first time tonight, would you just repeat this with me online as well? Heavenly Father, I trust you with my life. Save me with my sins. Forgive me and make me new. I believe Jesus, you died and rose again for me. So fill me with your spirit so I can follow you. My life is not my own. Jesus, I give it to you. Thank you for new life. The old me is gone and the new me moves on in you. In Jesus' name. Well, if you said that prayer tonight, the Bible says that heaven is rejoicing. And we want to celebrate with you too. So make sure that you don't leave this place tonight without letting one of us know. If you're online and you've said that prayer tonight, maybe it's for the first time. Or maybe there have been multiple times and you've just recommitted your life. We want to know. We want to celebrate with you. You can do that. Let us know a couple ways. If you're here in person, grab somebody on your way out. If you're online or even if you're here in person and you prefer to do it this way, text the word DECIDED to 907-341-4843. If you're online, you can leave us a comment in the live feed video. We want to celebrate with you, and we have a gift for you to help you with that next step. Guys, life is better celebrated together, so let's do that. Also, our prayer team is back here in the corner. If God is tugging at your heart tonight. Don't leave here without having met with God over your specific need. You could meet with somebody right back here. They would love to bring that in prayer with you before God. If you are online, you can also send us an email to amen at liftchurchak.com. We would love to be in prayer with you over what your specific need is as well. And lastly, I want to draw your attention to one of the opportunities that we have each week to express our heart for the house through our giving. Every time that you give, you make it possible for Lift Church to further the mission of making it hard to be far from God. If you're here in person, you can give in the giving box that we've got here in the back, or you also can give by texting the word give to that same number, 907-341-4843, or you can hop online to the website and you can give from there. Remember that the Blessed to Be campaign has gone live, so if you're wanting to give towards that campaign, there's a drop-down menu there in that uh, on the online giving and the website. But lastly, thank you everyone in person and online who has given to Lift Church, who is supporting Lift Church. You make our reach go further. So Lift Church, you are loved, you belong. Go and have a great week.